Hello, you lovely lot. I hope you are well, despite the very trying time we find ourselves in. I can't quite believe that I'm recording this during a national lockdown and a viral pandemic that is causing so much disruption. I hope that wherever you find yourselves, you and your loved ones are well. Series 4 wasn't actually planned to start for a few more weeks, but this episode has been recorded especially as a response to the world we find ourselves in, and hopefully it will offer you some support at this time. This very special episode has been recorded in a response to COVID-19, and this week it is with the wonderful Georgie from Chasing Lobsters. There's, I've seen a meme going around all sort of lots of things where people are saying, you know, we're in the same boat. And then there's the correction of actually, no, we're not all in the same boat. We're all in the same storm and in our own boats, navigating the storm with all the other stuff that we carry with us. And I think that is so important to, again, really respect and, and acknowledge that your personal experience within this does not have to look like anybody else's. But before we get started, I have a very happy announcement to make. The wonderful Royal British Legion are proudly sponsoring this fourth series of the Independent Spouse podcast. I'm sure you are very aware of the important work the Legion do at the heart of our armed forces community, and they are also offering access to support for those affected by the pandemic. The Royal British Legion understands that COVID-19 is having a devastating impact on people's livelihoods across the country and in the armed forces community. Their specialist financial advisors are here to help anyone facing additional money worries because of the outbreak. If you have any financial concerns and would like support and advice, contact the Legion on 0808 802 8080 and they'll put you in touch with someone who can help please do contact them if you are in need. And now the interview with the fab Georgie. Hello Georgie and thank you for coming to talk to me today. Thank you so much for having me Jess. This is a really lovely idea so I am really pleased to be here with you. So I've introduced it a little bit at the, at the start and what we're doing today is we are going to focus on the best ways to get through this really odd time. Um, but before we head into that full steam could you introduce yourself um, and let us know a little bit about your business I would love to so my name is Georgie Muir and I have an online coaching company called Chasing Lobsters which is a story in itself but I work with professional women both one-on-one and in group settings all online so clients all over the world from all walks of life and I really work with them to help them connect with what it is that they really need to feel good. So to feel good within their busy work schedule, their haphazard, maybe inconsistent way of of living. Um, And once they've connected with what it is that they genuinely need, which often is different to what they think they might need or have been trying to create for themselves for a long time, but it hasn't been happening, I then help them get out of their way to really make that happen consistently. Um, So it's a lovely, supportive role where I basically enable people to explore within themselves, find the answers they need, and then hold them and help them to make it happen. 
for them in reality. Which I think is great. It's a really good idea because it's it's people helping themselves and military life always crushes us slightly. And I think that could be quite important to a few of us listening. I just want to ask you, chasing lobsters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really intrigued. When I saw your website and I saw your name, I just wanted to know where on earth that came from. Yeah, so I think really the essence and the 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 content that I work with people on is very similar to the content that I had to work on myself, which is where this whole chasing lobsters thing came from. So my background was that I was a chiropractor and I loved being a chiropractor and I had lovely practices and lovely patients, but with obviously military moves, that's every couple of years at most rebuilding blood, sweat and tears. And it came to a point where my husband got posted to the US, which was Joint decision, very exciting, but it did mean once we looked deeper into it, I couldn't practice because of board exams and all sorts of blocks like that. So it left me completely stumped and essentially spiraling into this question of, well, if I'm not Dr. Georgie Muir, you know, chiropractor, then who on earth am I and what value do I even have? And although it wasn't necessarily the prettiest place to be, digging into that and doing the work to find my way back to that was amazing and that was all stimulated by this this thing that my dad used to say to me say to us all as kids which was the world is your lobster so it's not just about what you can do but what do you want to do like what do you want to be what do you want to create and he said that to me he said well darling the world is your lobster and so I thought you know what (laughs) this is my opportunity to really work out what my lobsters are and set about chasing them down and really bringing them into reality I have this window of opportunity and I can either crumble under it or I can find my way to really thrive within it and and connect with what I need connect with what I want and make it happen and so I started blogging and the blog was called Chasing Lobsters and then from that everything has grown. Which is a really positive way of looking at it I know in my experience I blindly moved into military life and didn't really realize that the change it would make to me and starting my own business and sort of stumbling through life and getting to where I am now but you had an overseas posting to contend with so you've been posted abroad a couple of times is it easier the second time what did you learn and how did you adapt your business so that it could cope with all these moves so so I think to answer your first question your last question first Um, When we were in America and I had that space to really sit down and think, well, what do I want in my life? Not just what do I want in my business, but what do I want in my life? One of the first things was, one of the priorities for me was, well, I want to be able to stay connected to Graham, move with my husband, be with him. That is the lifestyle, the relationship that we choose in that moment works for us. And that meant that for me to stay satisfied and fulfilled within my business, I was going to have to look at other roles. So that then became an idea, okay, well, I want location freedom. I want my business to be able to move with me. I want to still be doing what I love, which is helping people create positive change, whether that's as a chiropractor or whatever. And I really looked at what it is that I want. And then from knowing that, looked at forms that might fit that desire, those desires. So that was kind of sort of the the business plan as such was formulated in America. I got very clear on what my business would have to look like for it to suit the lifestyle that I wanted within military life, (laughs) which we all know throws up many challenges. Throw an international move into there and you've got even more or rather just different challenges. Um, 
you've got challenges of, my goodness gracious me, the bureaucracy, the administration of international postings is massive. Our first one was to the States, which was all things aside, a brilliant, brilliant time, wonderful experience. And then our most recent one was to Turkey, Ankara, which was even more <laughs> um, tricky with language barriers and all sorts of things like that. So the international moves, I would say, as every move, the experience is so different and so individual to the posting. And so I would love to say that international moves, there are, of course, some similarities, i.e. there's a lot of paperwork, there's a lot of hoops to be jumped through. If you have dogs, that's something that you really need to consider, the expense and the paperwork and the, the blocks that are thrown up against that, but it is possible. <laughs> um, and then, so there are definitely similarities. It's the positive ones being the breadth of experience, the people that we have met, friends all over the world from all walks of life. Um, and it was just my son's first, second birthday recently. And we had birthday cards and messages from every continent. <laughs> it was just incredible. And so the people and the experience is really, really so broadening and, and enriching. It's quite incredible. But there are certainly the challenges and navigating those as a team and staying connected to the one little tribe that you're really taking with you is so important. And not necessarily easy when when it's um, highly administrative, pretty stressful, lots of challenges, um, you know, new place, new people. But like there again, that's something we all deal with. So whilst there are definitely differences with it being international, there's also lots of similarities to any other moves that I think we all navigate quite frequently. And really important for you to keep your business as a as a constant through that and to have it evolve and develop so that it would fit around this life are there any tips in particular that you think would be useful if anybody had a, a an overseas posting coming up and they were running their own business um so i would say uh, learn from my mistakes and give yourself a grace period do not anticipate work to continue at the very same pace without taking a break during the move. I did that this return from Turkey. My husband uh, deployed three weeks after we moved back. We weren't into our quarters yet. It, and within all of that, I thought it was a brilliant idea <laughs> to keep working as full on as possible. Um, so on hindsight, I think recognizing that the emotional challenge of any move, international maybe more so or just the same, is something that actually warrants respect. And it respect in terms of acknowledging the energy that it takes, the recovery that you're going to need, the break that I think is really healthy to give yourself physically as well as emotionally. And it also gives you so much opportunity then to reconnect with the lovely people that you're able to be around again and see again and spend time with again. So I think that would be recognizing the magnitude of the event of any move, I think is really, really important. And I think it's something that we get a bit blasé with in the military world. It's like, hey, we've done this before. I'm a pro at this. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's still a massive, you know, a massive life shift, a massive logistical task, um, emotionally draining. And I think 
whilst it's it's great to power on and get things done and you know make things happen we've also got to be tender with ourselves during that upheaval and really allow ourselves to see the size of it um not to sort of wallow in it necessarily but to just give ourselves you know the kind words and the pat on the back that we need to say you're doing a great job keep going <laughs> it's okay if you need to have a sit down with a cup of tea and, and you know a chocky bicky <laughs> three seven <laughs> it's true and I know that for me I because we've been moving gosh I feel like I'm constantly moving house and I never take the time out which and it is so important and it's really important for business as well if you if you just take that time and be gentle on yourself and I agree with you so much it is so exhausting and you're right because we're all doing it because it's really trendy that we all move house all the time um (laughs) but if your civilian friends were doing it they would quite happily take time to move I've got friends that moved house gosh three or four years ago that are still unpacking boxes and taking <laughs> yeah. Daily. yeah and it's funny isn't it because the one thing that I jumped to when you sort of asked about sustaining a business or running a business whilst moving internationally the first thing I jumped to was actually giving yourself permission to pause the business that in itself can feel scary for a lot of people, especially if the business is new. I've been there. That's why I thought I'm just going to power on through. But when you do pause, for example, after I had my first son, my first child, you realise that actually, oh no, we are still here. We are still moving. I can still pick up the pieces and and, and crack on as originally. But obviously, there are things you can do to prep and prepare for that. And if you are really nervous, I would acknowledge it and get into action to really do the things that feel supportive to you that then allow you to be gentle with yourself during the move and really sort of give you that little bit of comfort that actually, do you know, I am willing to take this because I know that I've got A, B, C and D in place to support me during this time. And I've got plans, you know, X, Y, Z in place for when I revisit work afterwards. So you're kind of just acknowledging that, okay, you're a little bit nervous, but you're then getting into action to, um, to manage that and to really be forward moving with that. Yes. Yeah, systems and foundations, really important. 100%. Yeah. So Moving on to the elephant in the room, which is the state of the world that we are currently living in. Um, If you're joining us a little bit later, we are um, at this time we're chatting. I think it's week four of lockdown in the UK. We are in the middle of a global pandemic, which are words that I never thought I would be saying on this podcast, let alone in my lifetime. Um, It is a strange old time. It is frightening. It is weird. Some of us have... far too much time. Some of us have very little time. We have children, we have partners here. Um, some of us have them abroad. It is crazy. First up, I just want to ask how you are and how you are coping with all of this craziness. Thanks, Jess. That's so lovely. Um, so how am I coping? So honestly, there has been so much within this crazy time that has felt like a real blessing to me. Um, I really see and feel some of the sadness, a lot of the sadness, and I am aware of, gosh, so much um, financial stress burden around. But really, if, if I respond in relation just to me, I've had my husband home more than he's been home in a very long time. And I've seen my two-year-old enjoy daddy being around. Um, we've had glorious weather, which we've really made the most of. And by taking lots of sort of self-protective measures that have felt good to us, I felt safe and I felt able to, um, to really provide myself with lots of what I need. But like we were just saying 
a little bit beforehand, I feel that the longevity of this is starting to sink in. And um, that sort of those fears around, well, how is this going to impact everything financially, economically, socially, you know, in the world? I am definitely starting to feel the weight of that. So I am having to see myself bring in more of my own coaching tools to use with myself. Just so if I am feeling disconnected from friends and family, I make sure first and foremost, am I connected with myself? So before I can ever expect myself to feel truly connected with others, I first have to be truly connected with myself. And within times of stress like this, there can be a real temptation to disconnect, get busy, numb out, and and stay on that surface level. So I would say that whilst up until this point, I've actually been finding lots of lovely ways and things to enjoy, I think I've got more proactive in, in making that my reality in the last week or so. So thanks, that's a very long-winded answer to, I'm doing all right, thanks. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it because it it's such a, I found it's been such a monumental thing. It's it's too much to, to break into pieces and to work down. And we have turned into, um, it's me and my husband and the dog and the cats, um, and it, we are a little family unit. And we are very inward looking now because it is too big to contemplate. We've been through things before. We've done Afghanistan and, and earthquakes and hurricanes, and they have been frightening and awful. And it's given me a few tools to sort of cope with the constant anxiety. Mm-hmm. But it is just so, so it's just too, I think it's just too big to break down. I think it is going to have long running consequences. Um, I'm really aware that there's a lot of talk about how military spouses are resilient and we are tough and we've done stuff like this before and we can still do it. So I think it's putting a little bit of pressure on us to get through what is quite a, a challenging time. And I, I really like the, um, there's, I've seen a meme going around all sort of lots of things where people are saying, you know, we're in the same boat. And then there's the correction of actually, no, we're not all in the same boat. We're all in the same storm and in our own boats, navigating the storm with all the other stuff that we carry with us. And I think that is so important to, again, really respect and and acknowledge that your personal experience within this does not have to look like anybody else's. Your personal experience within this, this, this unknown, uncharted, crazy situation that the whole world is in is not preformed, should look, must be navigated, but like anybody else's. I, if I can give you, you and everybody else permission right now to do this whole thing their way and really be kind and compassionate as you do it your way. I hope that provides a bit of freedom and a bit of a sense of, oh, you mean I don't have to be nipping around and looking as, uh, you know, together as everybody else is. Okay, good. <laughs> you know, but it's, it's, so I think it is really important to just connect with, yes, what you need, acknowledge your anxieties, acknowledge what this really is kicking up for you and be there with that. Take off all the shits, take all of, off all of the, predetermined must-dos and um, expectations that either you are putting on yourself or you feel others are putting on yourself and really just be with what is within your own personal boat. And stop comparing yourself to strangers on social media. Always. <laughs> <Hallelujah>. <laughs>
because guess what? They're not going to pop round and check if you're doing it. You don't have to compete with them. I always worry my my lovely friends are panicking so much about homeschooling because their friend has done this and somebody else has done this. And I'm like, not, nobody is checking and you are, you can, you can do what you like and it's okay. There is no grading. You are not going to get a mark at the end of this process. <laughs> So you have a lot of, you speak to a lot of people who are struggling or are having issues like, like a lot of us are. What have you found that people are struggling with most? So I think you, you really touched on it there yourself is the anxieties that, that sort of under level humming of, of worry. And even I think for, for people historically who may have been sort of tended to more towards anxieties they may see it resurfacing amping up um have the volume turned up or perhaps returning and I think even people who aren't necessarily naturally or historically more inclined towards anxiety or worry may even find themselves facing that a little bit more and so that's sort of one side of it and then the other side of it that I've seen less so in um people I'm talking to through my platforms and more through my one-to-one clients, there's this sense of guilt around feeling good. So they're actually quite enjoying their time and they're actually quite loving lots of the lockdown, still aware of everything. They're not completely numbing up. They're aware of everything. And it's because of that awareness that they're going, oh, should I be feeling this good? Am I allowed to be feeling this joyful during a really sad international time? Um, is it okay to feel joy during crisis and a global pandemic? And with that often comes this sense of guilt. And um, so there's sort of the, the two things is there's the people who are worrying and then there's the people who are worrying because they're not worrying. <laughs> does that make sense? That does make sense. Yeah. I think like you, you said before, I think that's, it's the freedom to feel however you want to feel and accepting that it's okay. Yeah. 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 And, and I think this is what's really important is that there is no pressure to change where you are and there is no should to change what you're feeling. But if you would like to, if you would like to be experiencing a different reality within this, there, there is so much support and tools and um, systems that will help you create that change. But should you? Absolutely not, if you don't want to. <laughs> um, so it, the first thing is real acceptance. Uh, accept where you are, accept what you're experiencing, and be really kind and non-judgmental and compassionate with yourself around where you are. And then ask, is this where I want to stay? Is this where I want to be? Am I okay with this continuing as my area, reality? And if the answer is a yes, then that's really, you state, you find that comfort and you be with that. If the answer is, I think I'd like to create different for myself, then you get into action, looking at how you might, might be able to shift that. Not putting an attachment on definitely making it happen, but just acknowledging a desire and moving to support that as well. And that's so simple. And yet somehow we just lose that in our everyday life. And I think that's a really important takeaway that we're all going to have with us for a while that, that it's, it's okay. <laughs> and you can tune into yourself and put yourself first. Yeah. And, and the thing is that's because at the moment 
primarily our brains are driven that way. When we're in a, in a scenario of danger, we have this very, very instinctive drive to observe for fit, for, to observe for danger and observe for risk and to look for any potential threat. So right now, if you're feeling more alert and anxious, you're human. <laughs> it is because that is a very instinctive, there's a part of our brain, the amygdala, it is historically primarily driven to predict and prevent danger and threat. And right now we are amidst exactly that. Okay. It's not a, a lion chasing us, you know, or, you know, something more sort of primal, but it is still a threat and we are still driven by those same neural pathways. So to bring yourself back towards joy and to bring yourself back towards calm, is and has to be more of a conscious process in times of stress and danger than in times of normality. Which is very interesting and very true, definitely in my case. So I want to sort of move on back to military life. And I want to talk about those who've got partners deployed at this time. Because I think the people that I'm worried about most are those whose partners are away and then they suddenly find themselves all by themselves. So they have no children, their family aren't close, and they are literally in their married quarter or their house all by themselves. And the usual sort of support mechanisms that they have, going out with people, seeing people, patch life isn't there anymore. What would you do if it was you? And what would you suggest that people could do to help themselves? So. Um, it's fine. I was chatting to a, a lady in one of my, my coaching group about this just the other day. The biggest thing I think is this uh, sense of disconnection and loneliness. What we really want to do is, again, be with what is. If you move into suppressing, which I'd imagine for the first few weeks, you, people in, the, in those situations probably managed quite well. We can numb it out with TV, sugar, alcohol, shopping, um, uh, endless FaceTime calls to friends, just sort of scrolling through our phones. We can numb it out. But those systems sadly only hold back what we're really feeling for so long. And we all know that detrimentally, the long term, they're not great for us, either physically or emotionally or health-wise. So firstly, it's just acknowledging if you are feeling lonely and you are feeling disconnected and this is really rubbish for you at the moment, see it. See it because then we can start to support it and really get clear on what is it that I'm actually missing. And this is going to be so individual. So the lady I was chatting to in my coaching group on Facebook the other day was saying, I just miss all I want is a hug. <laughs> oh, and I mean, you know, like we all feel that, right? We just want a hug. And um, that physical touch is both a physical thing, but it creates also an emotional response. And what I encouraged her to do was to look at, okay, so we know that it's, both, it's probably a physical component that you're craving, but what does that physical touch, what does that hug also mean to you on an emotional level? And when we really dug into it, it was about reassurance, it was about safety, and it was about um, feeling supported. And so then what we go, okay, so the real goal here is not just a hug. The real goal is physical touch to feel supported, to feel safety and to feel reassurance. And then we can look at other different avenues that might provide a similar 
feedback emotionally a similar result now it's not going to be the same but it might just help move from none of it to some of it which is closer to all of it than we might get without doing a little bit of introspective thinking so for example the reassurance the reassurance for her was about you know i'm still in this we're still in this together <laughs> we might be apart but i love you and so it was about saying okay he can't read you or she can't read you and give you that hug but you can say, I really could do with a hug because I want to know that we're still in this together. And you ask for that reassurance more verbally than you would perhaps ask for it physically if your partner were around. So you start to look at, okay, what is behind the things that I'm really missing? What is the feeling and the um, sort of experience behind that thing? And how can I explore, and exploring is the key, lots of different ways that might give me an ounce of that. And then how can I do that in my days, little by little, just topping it up bit by bit and, and welcoming in when you hit that marker and be like, that actually felt lovely. <laughs> that actually felt a bit like a warm hug. You know, that your favorite home cooked meal can feel like a warm hug. Your favorite blanket on the sofa can feel safe and protective and, and comforting. You know, it's connecting with all these little things that just pour into those little buckets that you're missing because your partner's away, that they normally pour into and, you know, they normally contribute to. So it's not about kicking them out and becoming so self-reliant and so self-resilient um, that you don't need them. It's about supporting yourself as best you can by bringing them in in new ways and also giving to yourself in new ways whilst they're away. Which, gosh, I love that. As somebody who has experienced far too many deployments, I think that's definitely something that's going to stay with me and I will be using that forever. It's brilliant, fab. The other end of the spectrum, I'm finding lots of friends with all of their children mm -hmm. here all of the time mm -hmm. and their feet, homeschooling, educating, mm -hmm. um, crafting, running around the garden, driving them bonkers. Um, mm -hmm. They've now found themselves with absolutely no time to themselves. They mm -hmm. are the other end of the spectrum from isolated. How do they cope with things? Do they, mm -hmm. do you apply the same process and break things down like um, that? I, if they have the luxury of that space and time to sit there and do that exercise, then they have a formula that they need to share with every other parent who is in the same situation. Because um, the chances are they're not going to have that luxury and they're not going to have that much time or space or energy at the end of their day to really um, explore so deeply. So this is when we have to get really practical and really, really realistic. You have to know that you cannot pour from an empty cup. Absolutely. So the key here is to first and foremost, um, well, let me, let me caveat that because although you can't from, pour from a, a, an empty cup, right now, within everything, the chances of you really filling up your cup to the top, so it pours out over the top and, and everybody can drink from the saucer, that's also highly unlikely. And if you can do it, resources and systems, please. However, what we want to do is a couple of things. First and foremost, we want to connect with uh, the bare minimum that we need to feel a little self-supported. Simple things, quick things that can be done very easily, but with attention. And it's so often these things we do for ourselves, we're doing automatically already, but we're not pausing to be like, this is for me. This is 
actually a gift from me to me within all of this crazy. It can be a cup of coffee in your favorite mug. It can be a shower where you just take two breaths to just be with yourself in the shower before child number one's running in and then child number two makes a crash in the background. It's just two breaths where you connect with yourself, wrap your arms around yourself, you give yourself a hug and you say, you're doing great, keep going. It's got to be quick and simple, but acknowledged. And so when you cook a healthy, wholesome meal that you love, spend a moment to just go, this is for me, from me. And when you are playing with your kids and it's been a bit crazy and you see that and it's, they're having fun, soak up that joy into you just a little bit. So it's really sort of little wins, little gifts to yourself that you actually pause to acknowledge. And I promise you, this isn't about adding in more. This is mostly going to be about acknowledging what you're already doing within your day. You're just not recognizing that actually it is for you. If you're putting moisturizer on after the shower, that is a gift to you. <laughs> you know, if you haven't done it for a week, try it tomorrow and just enjoy every second of it. Um, so there's that. But I would also say a great way to really um, limit the draining is to not necessarily pour more into yourself or feel that you should be doing, doing more to give to yourself. It's more about stopping and really limiting and steering away from the things that are actually most draining to you. So you will find if you look not only at the quick yeses and the quick gifts, but also look at the things, the activities, the scenarios, the rules you're putting on yourself that you find most draining and actually eliminating one or two of those can be really powerful to how good you feel within your day. So please don't put pressure on yourself to add in more, 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 more. Look at what you're already giving to yourself and acknowledge it and look at maybe a couple of things that are really depleting you, really draining you and cut them out. Give yourself permission to completely avoid that activity, not paint with the kids anymore. Stop, you know, trying to force them to do whatever and just give yourself permission to cut that drain out because right now you need a bit more give. <laughs> And like we said before, we're all grown-ups and nobody is checking our work. So we can do this. We can do whatever we like, which is very empowering once you realise that. Um, and I think that is something that we can all apply, no matter how many children we have under our feet, mm -hmm. accepting that we are doing good things and giving ourselves a little high five. The thing that I've noticed that we, the majority of us have that has, has not happened for a while is our partners are here every waking moment and sometimes that is wonderful because I've not spent time that much time with my husband forever and it is fab but equally he has he has just been here for days now um very odd how would you work around that and what would you suggest people do so it's interesting isn't it because I think the array of challenges within relationships is going to be vast so I think one thing that I've noticed is my husband Graham he's not used to being at home this month this much rather so the, the transition for him has actually been far greater than really for me he would go to work all day Monday to Friday he'd go away regularly and now he's at home with us <laughs> all the time um, and I think really having compassion that you are both navigating new terrain. You've got your, hu your husband or your wife home. They've got you back around. Their world has been flipped upside down. Your world has been flipped upside down. So if you can just give each other a bit of grace and a bit of space 
to really find new footing in this new terrain. If you see something in them that is you know, irritating, give them a bit of time before you nail them for it and really just see it. If it continues to see as a pattern that really does drain you, upset you, then it's your responsibility to communicate it. And communication is always, of course, absolutely key. But just in times when there's been so much change, whether it's an international move, whether it's, you know, complete lockdown and, and global pandemic, if we can just be more compassionate to the level that people are um, functioning at to stay functional <laughs> within this whole time, it just gives a bit more understanding and a bit more leeway for, for everyone as a couple. Um, and then I think other ways is to really but stay very, very clear on, so as you're sort of giving that leeway, I really encourage you to stay very clear on what your greater intention is. What is your greater desire for your relationship? It's probably not to be right. <laughs> it's probably not to have to prove that your way of doing that is, you know, the better way. It's probably not to have an impeccably tidy house that they, they you know, don't con continue <laughs> to, to, to mess up and put things in wrong places. If you really look at what it is you want in your relationship, that probably isn't the greater end goal. So if you can ask yourself, well, what's my greater end goal? And you'll probably find it's connection, love, joy, fun, laughs. And that means that when something arises and, and, and you make that your intention, you make that your primary intention, that means that when something arises that is a bit triggering to you, you remember that actually your main objective in this moment is to be loving and it is to stay together. That doesn't mean you don't address these things, but the charge and the energy that you address these things is going to be very, very different. So it, how you communicate the stop putting things away, you're driving me effing bonkers, is, <laughs> um, is um, going to be wholly different when you stay very, very clearly connected to what you want on a greater level, i.e. I want us to be really together within this and stay happy together or as happy as possible, as joyful as possible, as loving as possible within all of this. And the as possible is key because high level expectations during global pandemics and massive life change it isn't necessarily compassionate. It is dangerous. And it's going to be such a long journey. This is not a quick sprint. It's turning into a bit of a marathon. There's talk mm. this is happening for a long time. Um, it is a really large thing to comprehend. There is no hiding from it, um, despite your best efforts. But there are so many positives that are out there. There's so many positives that we have spoken about today, actually, um, that we can apply to our lives now. I love my little Millspoon meetups every week. Um, I think that's a really happy place to be. And in this new virtual world that we find ourselves in, there are so many good places to be. I love your little group. That is fantastic. It is such a supportive place. So how is that helping people? So what I really hoped to create when I started that was a safe place to be judgment free. So whatever they were in, whatever they were experiencing, they felt able to come there without judgment and share 
and in that sharing be supported not only by me as a coach who doesn't always necessarily look to change but sometimes looks to go like yeah that is really really challenging <laughs> and just support but also supported by a community so on the, sort of beyond the the, the woo woo that's sort of emotionally what I can want to create how I create that is uh, weekly Q and A's um, tomorrow for example we've got our monthly coaching call where people literally bring their questions and I sit there and and help coach them through it and that's all for free and that's um, chasing lobsters coaching it's a Facebook group and then other ways of helping people is really uh, content emails messages Facebook posts that just show them that they are 100% not alone in what they're feeling and that it is it is okay to be a little lost in this new terrain and to give them that whisper of hope that there are ways to to reconnect with what they need and find their way back to themselves within all of it um so that's how I hope I'm helping people and then obviously I work with people one-to-one and that's a really lovely deep dive I work with them in group programs my next group program is in June and the loveliest thing that I do in that which is so important to me is I support the military community by offering a free space on every one of my courses to a military spouse or a military family member um, just to really be able to support the community that has and continues to support me during navigating this wild brilliant but crazy challenging life <laughs> and I think you've proven today how valuable all of that 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 content is if we haven't seen you before or spotted you before if I wanted to find out about your course or your one-to-one coaching where do I head so uh, all of that is always on Chasing Lobsters on Facebook or Instagram. I'll post about it. But the most direct way is to, to be on my email list. And then you'll always get early invitations to apply for the military spot, to join the course, to join my monthly webinars, which again are free. There's some live coaching always at the end of that. And then the Facebook group itself. So Chasing Lobsters on Facebook, Chasing Lobsters on Instagram. The website is chasinglobsters.com. That's where you can sign up for the mate to be on the mailing list and that's where all the information will roll out and I'm going to share all those links as well and I would definitely go and check out her Facebook group because it is fab and I do enjoy it lurking in the background one day I'll be brave enough to put my challenges (laughs) out there for everybody else to see it as well Georgie it's been so lovely to talk to you today I started off this call feeling a little bit fed up when I'm not gonna lie I think I shared that with you before we started recording how I was a bit miffed the fact that it was yet again another Monday morning with nothing on the horizon um but I've really enjoyed talking to you and thank you for doing this sort of special episode of the next podcast series it's a total pleasure, Jess, and thank you. You have brightened my morning too, and it's grey and miserable here, so that is a lovely, lovely thing. <laughs> oh, good, and I hope that you are well, and I hope you're looking after yourself. Um, and if just wondering if you had any last final thoughts on anything. Um, I think, to be honest, just a bit of a loving word to everybody is that we are all doing our best during this unknown, unsure, uncertain, unpredictable time. And if you haven't for a long time given yourself a pat on the back and a hug and acknowledged yourself for all the amazing things that you have done and you've spent far too much time telling yourself all the things you haven't done, then please consider this your prompt to just give yourself a high five and really, really take a moment to be 
be like, yeah, you know what, considering everything, I'm doing pretty great. And um, I am great. <laughs> so, so please enjoy that, everybody. You really, really deserve it. I have no doubt. Oh, thanks, Georgie. I think we will. And that has made a real difference. So thank you so much. My pleasure. Another thank you to Georgie for sharing all those amazing tips that are going to get us through this really challenging time. I know that I've used them and I've been passing them on to my friends. So I would really encourage you to tell your friends about this podcast episode. I think it's really important that we share it now. Um, Even if they haven't listened to any of the other episodes, that's okay. They can still join in now. They're also very welcome to join in with the new Millspoe meetups that have been happening, gosh, for the last seven or eight weeks. Um, They're informal, they're fun. It's just us getting together every Wednesday at half past 10, talking to each other, making sure we are all all right and getting through this odd time that we have found ourselves in. So go and check that out. It's over on the website and in the Facebook group and on the Facebook page. They're all free um, and they're happy, supportive spaces. So do come along if you haven't joined us or invite your friends. So that is it for this very special episode. Thanks again to the Royal British Legion for their sponsorship. And I will be back very soon with the complete series four of The Independent Spouse. So I will see you then.